following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, King. It's. <laughs> The best Tuesday you've had all week, and it's your favorite oh. show. You're tuning in to the True Wealth Show. I am your host, David Littlejohn, in a sparkling and spotless studio with my very favoritest co-hostess. You would miss me if I'm gone. This is I Katie would. Shuck. Yeah. Coming to you live from our safe space with no children or distractions momentarily <laughs> in our lives. Where we are all trying to make the best of a situation that might, uh, depending on your spectrum, be appropriately described as a steaming pile. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I keep I keep feeling like I should wa- like go back and rewatch every like zombie movie and read every chapter in the Bible that talks about viruses and plagues and I just you know lots of resources out there I'm like should I put be putting like sheep's blood on my door do I need to do something to make the plague pass over my not house not the door I think it was on the side the, the, the posts side? across the top and the sides oh, of the, frame, you, the frame the frame right? of the house right I'm like man do I need to like <laughs> I don't know do a chicken dance and something <laughs> I, I, oh. I find myself thinking of the movie Major League when he shows up with a bucket of KFC and he goes, I should have <laughs> gotten that chicken. <laughs> so, uh, Jobu. <laughs> oh. a, I haven't seen that movie. That is probably... It falls in my top five of all time, I think. Charlie I don't really Sheen's have favorite movies. Awesome. That movie is a classic. <laughs> all there right. So welcome to the True Well Show where we will do our best to cover stuff that is useful and since we are in the field of finance, uh, unfortunately, there is just no way around, inescapable, in fact, that the uh, activities of the day and the impact on the economy uh, are going to be connected to the COVID-19 virus. Right. A uh, question for you, because it's starting to happen to me, too, which right? is making me laugh. How many of your, let's say, contacts, right? don't care if it's social media in your phone. How many of your contacts have reached out to you in this last week and said, "Hey, uh, should I give you some money right now and should can you invest it for me? Should I can I take advantage of this market?" So, we are getting those calls. Well, I know the offices, but I'm yeah. asking you like cuz people are starting to text me like friends and family and different people. So, you do the, you do that kind of thing, right? And I was like, "Well, my the firm I work for does that kind of thing. I do not do that kind of thing. I don't do trading." And they said, oh, well, can, can we buy stocks through you? How, and I'm like, okay, how much money are we talking about, first of all, right? And someone's like, oh, can I give you like $100? Can no. I give you like $500? No. And I'm like, and no. No is <laughs> the, the answer. Is no. You, you may not. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why, just so that everybody understand with $100 in most, in most of the things that we would prefer that folks actually, quote unquote, invest in, the shares it's are too expensive. It's not even enough. Yeah, it's you not can't buy, enough to a, buy a, share. a share. You might be able to buy a share. Like... Um, yesterday, Disney, Disney, right about now, Disney Maybe. was like it's like ninety eight dollars now. It was nine like eighty eight dollars yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, but and and you know what? Tomorrow it may be eighty nine again. the The reality is today was the largest point gain for the Dow ever, 
And in a like, single day, in a single day, the largest point gain ever, and like the fourth sing- biggest day of all time, maybe this. It was the biggest. It was a single big day move since like 1933. This was like swing for the fences, an out of the park home run. I mean, Disney was up like 14% or something when I checked oh, it. Oh, like, a bunch new. of them were up like 15, 20% today. Crazy swings And so in the market. let me tell you, if you're now thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I got to get in. Uh, I can't predict the future, but what I can do is kind of go doubt it. Because let me tell you, if you think that all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of knowns in this market and that we've finished off the variables and we're good to go, you know, this was on. That's news to us. (laughs) This is what I'm telling you. That today's market was fueled by hopium. Okay. (laughs) Hopium. (laughs) That's like, sorry, I was watching RuPaul and and he goes, my favorite is when people mash words together and it was Mexicatessen. And it was Mexican delicatessen. And I feel okay. like hopium is like Mexicatessen. <laughs> so hopium, not my word, but I'm totally using it. Uh, this market is hoping for some kind of bailout package that's going to come out of Congress. And uh, you can already tell it's going to be great because the various parties in all the social media environments are coming out talking about how horrible the other team is uh, for the things they're trying to put in there. And what I will tell you is uh, th- there's going to be things that don't belong in this package. Right. I am not. So we're going to try this out, right? And all I can say is it's hard to get around the fact that this probably needs to happen. And for the folks that are like, no, we should just let people fail and it'll shake out where ah. they shake out. You go, well, that's a way to do it. But if we were going to do that, we shouldn't have people shelter in place either. It's literally like, well, let's just have dogs eat dogs. We'll, the weak will not survive. Darwin will have his way. And at the end of the day, the strong will survive and rah, rah, rah. Uh, I don't know if you're really aware of what kind of pain that would produce in the economy, both in the United States and if the rest of the world didn't do that, but we did, what kind of a strategic disadvantage we would place ourselves at. And so I think that's a really short-sighted way to view things. Uh, And then people will say, well, then the government's just picking winners and losers. And I will say to you, what else is new? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, like that sounds really jaded, but the government picks winners and losers all the time. It creates winners and losers with tax policy. And it creates winners and losers with how it appropriates resources and who gets contracts and how. And you can't tell me that politicians that started uh, that have had you know 20, 30 year careers in D.C. making you know one hundred seventy four thousand. Well, not even that. Whatever they're making, and they all become gazillionaires, right? Like, how do you get thirty million dollars making one hundred seventy four grand a year? over a 30-year time horizon, go work for DC, right? I mean, like, that's how it seems to happen. And and the reality is that you could actually, believe it or not, you could do it without cheating, lying, or stealing. I've just never seen a politician do it that way. Oh, throwing them under the bus. There's, there's a lot of just still emotion, a lot of, like, just, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I, so I don't the, even know the, the point hopium, is that hopium, hopium, well, the markets are looking for a bailout, and we saw it start to happen, right? Yeah. The Federal Reserve stepped in first, okay, and everybody understand that the the way that there's there's two big categories for the way 
we control the way money moves through our system. One of them is what we call monetary policy, and the other is called fiscal policy. Okay. Right? Fiscal policy is the legislation, right? What do our political leaders and legislators do in terms of creating the rules for the system? The rules have a material impact. You know, well, what is the tax rate for which segment of the population? What are the loopholes or lack thereof? Right. That's that's a fiscal policy, right? Monetary policy has to do with the supply of money in the system, and that's affected more by the Federal Reserve and the banking system, and some of the regulations around banking that, that are not typically legislated, they are more like declared. So, uh, for example, reserve requirements, not often talked about, but you know, banks have to keep money on hand when they loan money out. They loan out more than they have to keep on hand. That's why we call it a fractional reserve system. But the reserves are part of the way banks work. And if you change the requirements for how much a bank has to have in the vault, metaphorically. Then it changes, then it changes how they loan and it changes how they do correct. business and all the fees they charge. And isn't that policy came about because there was a run on the banks way long, long time ago and they didn't have enough money to cover everything. So now they kind of said, you need to cover your butt a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, there was some of that. It's also why the FDIC was created and it's you know why we have uh, the regulatory authorities that we do. Right. 2008, we had some of these issues. We had banks that were not uh, adequately capitalized. And so when people needed the money, the banks couldn't provide it and they failed, right? And so some companies didn't make it out of this. Well, the Federal Reserve is the one that is the primary setter of monetary policy. Okay. Okay. Believe it or not, the Federal Reserve is not who sets interest rates. Who sets interest rates? The market does. Oh, there you go. Right now, the Federal Reserve influences, to a certain extent, what interest rates are through a number of tools. And they are trying all of them right now, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, as many as they can conjure up. Believe it or not, there are even more extreme measures that could be taken. They are yet to be implemented, but we've got some pretty extreme measures that the Federal Reserve is doing. And keep in mind, the Federal Reserve is this federal bank. It's not a member of government, but it's sort of quasi-government. It has its own chair of committees, and they've got, uh, not chair, it's got people on a committee. There are a number of different governors from the different banks around the country that are part of the system, and then they all get together to the Federal Open Market Committee, and the chair of the Federal Reserve right now is Jerome Powell. So that's how this all fits together. If they want to keep money in circulation, and there's a good reason for this. Ooh, and the timing's perfect. So let me do this. I'm going to set this up for the break because, you know, they make us take these. The, the question is, what does the Federal Reserve do if they need to kick the economy into high gear? And newsflash, they need to try to somehow kick the economy back into gear because we just... Threw a, threw a giant wet blanket on it in the form of this virus. So the Fed's going to get major, major involved here. What's it going to be? We'll talk about it when we come back. And then I'm going to make sure you guys realize, how does this fit in for you as investors? We're going to get there. So stick with us. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. <laughs> I was thinking, we're so bad. We're worse than a couple at dinner, right? Like, we're both of us we're are on back. our phones checking social media. <laughs> well, everybody's got their opinions. And, um, I know. You know, here's my favorite part about it is we so often leap to conclusions. I mean, there is more hearsay in the world right now about who said this out of the other and the politician said this out of the other. And uh, if you went to the pants on fire meter, it's like, the, you know, the mostly true or the mostly false or the people just they extrapolate rather than fact check. And they, they th- spread these rumors like wildfires. Incredible. I like the ones that are like, we're all trying to pull together and i'm like yeah rah rah let's share that stuff on social media yeah <laughs> it's i love it when it's like let's all pull together unless you're this I'm like oh there we go never mind you get those i don't get those you know oh, it was really great so my mom called me and said um you know i found a uh pattern to make face masks and so she's like i'm trying to find the pattern small enough so that like i can make them for your girls so when they go play with their friends you know they could be safe like out in the street and stuff and it's a real part of our life, like now, a little bit. And I just thought it was cute. I was like, oh, she's trying to make these like cute little face masks for them yeah. to wear. Although keep in mind, you know, the face masks are not for the girls. It's for the people around the girls. Mm, me too. I mean, the face mask is not what keeps you typically from getting exposed. It's to keep you from like coughing and getting stuff out there and exposing others. So it's, Either it's way. a funny, funny deal what we... Oftentimes, or at least some face masks, I should say, but like a surgeon mask or something like that is not typically a. Well, it's to prevent the, you from. Correct. It's so that they're not, you know, contaminating the surgical site and that sort of thing. I digress. I'm, Either here's way, here's the trick. I think I'm not cute. a medical expert. Let me just come out right there and say that. You know, <laughs> I may have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express before, but I'm not a medical expert. And so, no, my bigger point was just it's funny how people will hear something and just run with it um good old sound bites the latest one is like that they want to start the economy back up by easter and i you know i haven't heard but read the clip like as much of it as i could and it was it sounded more like it'd be great if we could but i don't know that it was a we will do this and that's how people heard it Right. And so it's, you know, it's like, well, we've got some potential medical interventions that could be promising. It'd be great if we could get back to Easter. It's kind of a significant day in America for a lot of people to which I would go. Yeah, I get it. But if it's not safe, we better not do that. And that's nobody hears that part. They just hear the first part. And it's like, do you feel like huh. it's still a little bit of the like it's either a bad game of telephone or like the mob mentality, right? Like somebody shouts something, everybody's like, yeah, let's go do that. And it's oh, like, yeah, you, you yeah. don't even, it's definitely the logic like center's gone. It's pitchforks all emotional. Pitchforks and torches kind of concept here. <laughs> right. So let's get back to what is going on, okay? How, how does this affect us? So we're, today, True Will Show, let's talk about your money, okay? Uh, you know, markets have been crazy. They're way, way down. They are pendulum swinging. Right. So, so markets are beat up. They're still well off their highs. They had one of the best days in years. We could talk about a lot of the statistics around this and what this may or may not mean. And I say these things again and again. We're going to share information. We're going to share opinion. We're going to share ideas. We're not going to give you specific actionable advice. That's not how this show works. So right. if you want financial advice, call your advisor. And if you don't have one, you call us. Call us. So. Here's where we're going to be at for the Federal Reserve, getting back to the point we took at the break, which is 
what is the Federal Reserve going to do with monetary supply? And then we'll talk a little bit about what, what is, uh, we think might be fiscal stimulus. Okay, so there's, remember, fiscal and monetary supplies. Right, not the same people. Uh, or policy, rather. Fiscal policy, monetary policy. Fiscal policy, the Federal Reserve has come out. And keep in mind that uh, the Federal Reserve is trying to either put money into circulation or take it out. Usually they do it in concert or cooperation with the Treasury, when okay. they want to, so if the Treasury prints up federal deposit or federal debt obligations, they will buy them, right? And that's a Isn't way of putting like money. Is that a brother buying from a sister kind of thing? Well, but they're not technically government, and so it, it's, know, it's so weird. I'm not going to get into the real exotics about why it works this way, but what but they're doing is they're increasing or decreasing the money supply, okay, and they are influencing interest rates. This is what makes quantitative easing unique compared to, uh, when I said earlier, I said, you know, the Fed doesn't set interest rates. And I'm, I guarantee there's some listeners going, the heck they don't. What are they talking about? They raised or lowered the rate to this side or the other. They control the rate that banks charge on overnight lending, the, so that they control the, the Federal Reserve rate, if you will. Uh, and so, and right now it's between zero and a quarter percent. That's so low. So, I mean, effectively, the the Fed funds rate or the overnight lending rate between banks is zero. Crazy. So if that's the case, then what are they doing? Well, they're controlling the very, very shortest of loans. But remember, in order for me to, if, like, Katie, hey, uh, can can I borrow some money? Right now? Sure. No. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, okay, you so, know, and if, wait, if, I, if am I pretending to be me or to the bank or who am I being? Yeah. Well, here's here's what the the crux of this is, and I'll save you the effort on this. If I wanted to borrow money and somebody decides to loan it to me, the reason they're deciding to loan it to me is on one whether or not they can afford to not get it back, and what do they think the likelihood is that I will pay them back, and then how long do I get to borrow it for before I pay them back? Right. Right. If it's like, hey, I'm on my way to the ATM right now. Can I borrow some money to grab lunch and then we'll go together and pick up the cash at the ATM? And then you go, I don't expect to make anything really right. And, and you're like, so I might, you know, make a roundup of like, oh, I need to, you know, get nine dollars and fifty cents for lunch. And I'm going to pull ten dollars out and give it to you, right? And you're like, okay, that's pretty short term loan, and it's a pretty high probability it's all going to work out because we've done this many times and I'm right. good for it. You don't think twice about it. You're like, yeah, Dave's good for the loan. No big deal. Right. But if I say, hey, can I borrow you know, $100,000 for the next 10 years? You go, well, uh. hang on here. right? And <laughs> yeah. so you start to think about what what could I do with $100,000 over the next 10 years? And what would I need to make out of it in order to yeah. make the deal make sense? What's the and... value of that money and how much right. do I need to charge in order to make it worth it to make that loan? Right. And in essence, that's what the market is doing right now is it's saying, well, What's the likelihood of default, like whether that I don't get paid back, and what's the likelihood a better investment comes along between now and then, and I would rather have that. And the financial system is constantly juggling these decisions. Uh, at one point, you may have heard that a few weeks ago, mortgage rates got super, super low, and everybody was rushing to refinance their mortgages. Yeah. Okay, and that was right before the... Uh, that was like right it as was, the coronavirus well, it was, it was coronavirus kind of really going in China. Right, but it hadn't right. really gotten to the United States. Right, it was at the beginning of COVID. Right, and then when it got to the United States, mortgage rates shot up. Did they? Yeah, and they're they, they, you know they've been anywhere from lows of you know, around three percent to almost five percent. Oh no! Really way. radical swings. Why? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, it has to do with is the it way scarcity of money? No. no. 
It has to do with people's willingness to buy the mortgage after it's completed. When when a mortgage is made, that mortgage is, in a sense, a loan obligation with collateral right. and a borrower with a credit rating. And so that becomes an instrument in and of itself, and they create securities called mortgage-backed securities. Oh, interesting. And those are tradable fixed-income instruments based on the length of the mortgage and the term. Okay. How do you set the price of a mortgage-backed security or any kind of debt security, whether it be a treasury or a corporate bond or any of those? It Wouldn't it depend on, um, the I guess, the willingness of the borrower to pay back or whether well, or not they think they're going to pay the, back? That's the demand side. And then the other is the supply. This is basic economics, believe right. it or not. Uh, I know I'm like we all have this tendency to go like, oh, it sounds like super sophisticated. Well, there are layers to it, but at its very core, supply and demand. Right. So let me ask you this. You are looking for mortgage-backed securities, right? Okay. The virus goes nuts and we shut down the better portion of our economy and say, you know, shelter in place, closing restaurants, and uh, we're going to keep everybody and we're going to take economic activity and like crank it down by 20, 30% nationwide. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, by the way, because everybody's losing their jobs over this and we're going to have a spike in unemployment, we expect to see default rates rise for a lot of loans because people don't have money to pay them back. Ugh, do I really want to be looking at mortgage-backed securities at this Stay point? Stay with me. It gets better. Okay. Oh, by the way, the government's going to step in and say, well, since we were the ones that told you that you couldn't go to work and we shut your business down or your job down, right, we're going to give you loan forgiveness. So you can't get kicked out. There's still no evictions and no foreclosures if you don't pay your loans for the next two months. So now I feel like there's kind of a and fail now, safe on it. Well, and and now I look at this and say, okay, well, so in a sense, what if, well, what if that's good? What if that saves their jobs? Everybody goes back to work in a couple of months, and we save so the medical like system and all that. I feel like a lot of the risk that. that we saw it just got taken off the table, so it's a less riskier thing okay, to purchase. But how do you price it? I have no idea when they're going to make the payments on the mortgage. Do I want to buy a loan that doesn't have a payback schedule? true i don't know and that's what happened is people said well i'm not willing to pay you these really high prices that gave me really low yields the mortgage yields too low it's not worth the risk so no buyers of the mortgage-backed security now there you have to raise the interest rate into to attract a buyer yeah because you have to be willing to pay them more right. in order for them to take it and okay. so we literally had a point where the markets were becoming completely illiquid there were no buyers of mortgage-backed securities now Take this and extend it beyond mortgages. Look at treasuries. Look at the bond market in general. And what we discovered is we didn't have any buyers of bonds. That is a huge problem. Well, isn't it inverted right now anyway? Or is it well, not any so longer? Yield curve, you're, you're talking about, I think, the yield curve, meaning the how much we charge for different durations of like the length of time, right? So the right. shorter the loan, the lower the interest, the longer it gets, the higher the interest, because you're taking on more risk for time. So more risk, more reward needs a higher yield, right? Right. And an inverted so it's not, yield it, it, is when they're upside down. Like well, it means short, short, short yields are higher than long. Right. Yeah. And so it's not currently inverted, okay. to my knowledge. But it was for It a has while. been here and there. The short end of the curve has been higher rate than the long end of the curve. Uh, and, and I'm talking about short and long, like how, how long on the calendar, right? Like the short 
duration loans versus the long duration. And even duration's a bad term on a financial program because it's not just the length of time, it's a measure of volatility. But I digress. The point is that the markets became illiquid, and so the Fed had a real problem here. So, well, interest rates are going to go all bananas here and spike, and we're going to have a problem. So they decided to do something really exotic. You know what it is? No, but you're going to tell me. After the break, I'm going to tell you. Ah. Exactly. You want to know how is the Fed stepping in on this one? They're going to bypass Congress, and they're going to do some pretty crazy stuff, in my estimation. They're already starting, and I think it's going to get wild from here. So stick around, and we'll talk about that and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, Katie, you know what the Fed's going to do? I have no idea, but you said something exotic. Something exotic. If you are just joining us, gang, check out the podcast because you're probably going to want more context than this. It'll be available tomorrow at our website at littlejohnfs.com. Right. Uh, there's other locations too, but doggone it, we paid for this show and I can promote our site. <laughs> Go to our website. <laughs> right? Go check us out. And join our newsletter. And if you're wanting to get more information about what's going on, um, we have had, this has been a, uh, uh, we're really working hard right now, and I've got to. I'm going to give a shout out to my team right now. We're in this distributed environment where we've got some folks working from home. Um, we are, I believe, our industry is technically considered an essential or a yeah, what a key. Economic. I don't know that it's an essential to be in the office. You know, the hardest part. I had a sorry. I know this is kind of on the side note, but um, had a talk with our custodian the other day jokingly about you know the stock market closing for a day or something to let everybody kind of catch up and and they said you know part of our compliance as a financial advisor is to have a like disaster preparedness plan like to have a contingency plan like we what call happens? a business continuity business plan continuity, and we have a you. formal business continuity plan in place yes and so she's like you know they've given extensions for tax deadlines and everything else but She's like, it's part of your operating business that you have a backup plan. So guess what? Since you guys all had a backup plan anyway, now is the time to execute right. the backup plan. So the SEC is like, sorry, we told you mistakes are going to happen and things are going to go sour. You needed to have a backup plan way like a long time ago. Right. So well, there is if, no forgiveness in our back, industry for that. <laughs> and I don't think it's about forgiveness per se. This was more about... Uh, keeping a key component of the economy operating. Right. We are taking the appropriate protocols. We're actually doing our part. Um, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to make judgment calls. I mean, history is going to judge this as to whether or not it was appropriate. Anybody that's followed me on Facebook, I'll, I, I have simply said that the costs are really extraordinary. Uh, I think people misconstrue my post to think that I'm saying it's not worth what the cost is to try to save lives. People misconstrued something on Facebook? Well, I can't believe that would ever oh happen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what I have tried to point out is that I think that folks limit their view exclusively to medical and to the vulnerable people that we think of as medically vulnerable. And what we're doing is that we are making a lot of other people vulnerable right now, too. We have a lot of single parents. We have a lot of really low-income households that are without jobs right now. We have a lot of kids that uh, are now in much more fragile situations in terms of being able to access meals. 
right? right. So there's the, the the poverty side of the equation is going to be really badly strained by this. And I'm not dispassionate to that. It's not that I'm looking for anybody to get sick and suffer and ultimately meet their end because of this virus. No, I do not want to see that. But I have great sensitivity to the economic this impact has on real people. Well, I will tell you, just my household alone, our grocery budget's been about doubled this month. And part of it's because everybody's home every single meal. And some of it is boredom, right? When you're bored, you just snack. So I feel yeah. like my pantry's disappearing a lot faster than it should be. Well, there are a number of things that are at play here. And I have said that, you know, just just mark these words, okay? I think that three months from now, you look at, there's a couple statistics that are going to be really disheartening. One of them will be the uh, incidence of reported child abuse. Right. Uh, just because of the proximity and the shortness of tempers abuse when you compress people. Yeah. And then the, uh, yeah, just domestic abuse in general, Domest- I should say, yeah, will all increase. Abuse, yeah. And the uh, divorce rate. The divorce rate. That's That actually is one I had commented to you earlier about mm-hmm. today that I think in a few months we'll probably see both of those. Uh, have spiked during this time period. And you can say things like, well, it's correlated to job losses. Well, the, the, mm. the, the dramatic change in routine and the strain it puts on keeping everybody uh, much more tightly constrained is, it's real. And so I continue to just say that the, the impact is far more than just economic, and it's not just for the Uh, immune compromised or the folks that are vulnerable. I mean, it's going to hit a lot, a lot of people. And folks, if if that makes me heartless to think of like the whole group, then color me heartless. I'm just trying to consider everybody. I think it does. And I kind of wonder too. um, I don't know about you, David, but I've noticed that my mind has kind of been wandering a lot to like Snowmageddon last year. And I kind of feel like there's still a little PTSD that maybe people haven't dealt with, like in that kind of rough time. And I feel like some of that stress and emotion is almost coming out again. Well, that's like, local. I mean, we, I we're mean, experiencing that's local. that right. here. I mean, it's not national. But, but, but yes, but I think that we'll see this nationwide. Oh, I, I guarantee it. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, uh, all of this to lead up to the point that... Uh, I want to talk about what's going on and how I was trying to give a shout out to our team, first of all. Sorry. So here we are. We're giving this uh, extraordinary effort where it's, you know, people are working from home and distributed. We still we're not seeing clients in the office right now just out of respect for the system. It's not that we're legally forbidden from doing so or that we couldn't take the right steps. But respect for your health and your care. But we also we have all the technology and the capacity to, to function remotely. And so we are doing that very intentionally. So to any of you that are listening that find yourself really genuinely uh, scared or about or struggling with decisions around your finances, this is a dangerous time. Okay, it's a dangerous time because emotions and fear are driving decisions and they can be really damaging. So if you don't have a financial professional in your life, and the studies will show, it's not that financial professionals are necessarily smarter, but they add a lot, and it's not that they, they, they produce outperformance for investors because they're making superior investment selection. It's because they make more rational investment decisions to avoid harm. Right. And so uh, I've, I've likened this to the emergency room environment where a physician sees emergencies enough that they handle them in a different way than the person coming in who's panicking. Right. Right? So they're more clinical, they're able to keep their a cooler head and make more rational decisions. And because of that, they can make the difference between life and death. Well, in finances, 
emotions can really be damaging and you can have really irrational decisions. So don't go down this path alone, right? I have a buddy who used to say, um, you know, your, your mind is a really dangerous place. Don't go there alone. Oh, that's interesting. Right? And there's some truth to that is it's good to have a sounding board. So uh, find somebody that can help if you're struggling there. And I make this offer as well. We have a lot of technology where we can do virtual portfolio reviews. So we can schedule time online with folks. You don't have to come into the office. We can meet with you through modern day technology. We can take a look at what you've got and we can run it through some of our various analytical tools to give right. you a sense of, well, just how much damage is going on. And you know, in many cases, is it worth making changes or not? Caution right now, caution. So I kind of feel like our team is almost like special teams in football, right? It's like we've been gearing up for this game for a long time, and now we finally got put into play. I feel and like two-minute drill. It's like everything's going super fast for right. us right now. We, are, I've, I haven't had to. I'm, this is going to sound funny, like we don't work hard. We do work hard, but I haven't put in this kind of time and hours in a long time where we are hustling and. There are some massive opportunities right now because there's such dislocation in the market. Well, but it takes a ton of work. We have been putting in hours and hours of research, and our investment committee is just we're kind of getting tired of each other because we're spending so much time together. <laughs> well, but. I was just going to say that I was going to bring up the investment committee uh, meeting. So, you know, and, and it's I mean, not it was like three hours yesterday and another 90 minutes today or more. But I was probably spent two hours uh, today between it wasn't the whole committee, but we were still working on uh, account maintenance and just dealing with stuff that is, you know, normally you think, oh, sure, you know, you can have days or weeks to get things done. And we're like, we have, you know, minutes. maybe minutes Hours to get possibly. Well, even hours would be a, would have been a huge difference. Today. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you'd have waited an hour, you could have missed a five percent swing. Just to give you an idea, five percent in some cases takes six months normally, and we're seeing it in a day right I now. I know. Yeah. So it's it's just like exotic timing matters right now. Yeah. And uh, so so shout out to all the team members at at Little John and at Vantage Point that are. Hustling. Really just working hard. And so thank you for putting in the time and, and figuring it out right now. Uh, for back to the home base, right? Why is this all going on and what's happening first? I don't have high hopes for Congress. I'm not going to lie. They're going to come up with a stimulus package, right? We, in fact, even our, our engineer was in over the last break saying, so you think it'll really happen? It'll happen yeah. somehow. Oh, it'll happen. Stimulus is coming. Okay. How it happens and what damage it causes. It's going to be uh. such a political hot potato. And it's, I mean, I'm without even seeing it, I'll just be prepared to be disappointed because it's going to pick winners and losers all over again. It's going to support things I don't believe in. It's going to throw smart, you know, like basically good money after bad down rabbit holes that will never solve something. And it will just be the, the classic quagmire of our federal government that is so big, so bloated, and so irres and so de detached from the taxpayer that it's it doesn't really make any significant Difference. sense, yeah. right? I mean, it's like we, we've, we're in comic book land for our federal debt and our federal budget, and nobody really understands that. I mean, policy wonks kind of get it, but even they're detached, right? Clinical detachment like a physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a compliment to physicians, by the way. That's not a that's not a ding. I mean, you want the clinical detachment to be smart, but you can be clinically detached to make a budget in uh, the federal budget, but then they're clinically detached from the taxpayer too. It's like, eh, whatever. I mean, I I don't think there's any intention of balancing a budget or paying off debt ever. 
right? It's, yeah, no. The, the new huh. theory is just like, well, you know, as long as everybody's doing it, we're all kind of okay. Yeah, I didn't understand where that like became the baseline either. But yeah, uh, well, but it but yet here we are. So as investors, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that Congress will come up with something. Who knows what it is? But it will be. It's going to upset. It's going to sound good, and behind the scenes, maybe yeah. not work. And so well. it will rescue certain businesses, but odds are it will favor big business because that's where the lobby dollars go to protect the people that are seeking reelection. Small business will get some elements of help because the economy needs it or the big businesses struggle too right because you need the people that can buy the product of the big businesses this is slightly conspiratorial in my thinking i realize but that's my expectation is that it will be some kind of water down and here's the really fun one uh we're gonna try i I really think that we're just gonna take it'll be slightly means tested so it will be actually a progressive uh in concept but the lower your income the more they're gonna give you i think they're just gonna write checks to you in one form or another, they're just going to give you money. Interesting. Yep. And I think that there may be some student debt relief of some kind in there. Maybe. That's pretty controversial. Uh, and I'll admit, I'm not crazy about it. I could see student debt restructuring, maybe some tax incentives for payoffs or other things that could make sense of it. But uh, I but think just forgiveness is a- forgiveness just buys bad bad habits and bad policies. If, if we do not uh, make any accountability for the decisions people make with how they spend their money, and the taxpayers expected to just write a blank check to bail people out. It just disincentivizes good behavior. It's like go do whatever you want because if you screw up bad enough, the taxpayer will fix you for it. Yeah, it's a I don't terrible like that message. Either. A terrible message. But the Federal Reserve is the one that's going to come in with. Uh, they already started with the bazooka, right? That's what they're calling it too. They literally they're really calling it the bazooka. Oh yeah, that's oh. that's the term, and it is. They are buying debt like remember when i told you mortgages they couldn't sell them yeah so the federal reserve is figuring out a way to come in and they'll buy the mortgages they'll backstop it or they will provide lines of credit to the buyers and say you know we'll give you the money and eventually pay us back well you know if if the rate's zero and they're like we'll loan you the money at zero go get them right they have said that they will facilitate essentially unlimited lines of credit right now Unlimited. Unlimited amounts of bond buying to make this work. And now, here's the really wild part. You're probably thinking to yourself, that can't possibly work. This is going to be an unmitigated disaster, right? Yeah. Do you believe that it, crazy as this sounds, it could work? And I'll explain why, but we have one more break. That's crazy. I know. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I can't wait for the music to cue. We probably missed. I don't know. No, we didn't. Miss. We okay, check? he got it. <laughs> we'll just we'll just go with that. Bueller. So that was kind of a weak cliffhanger. Uh, it'll be fun on the podcast later too. We're going to talk about why this crazy activity by the Federal Reserve just might might work. But that and a little bit more when we come back on the True Wealth Show. This is David Littlejohn and Katie Show, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, King. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. And again, if you're just tuning in, you have to check out the podcast at littlejohnfs.com. It's under the Educate tab. It is. Right? Because we like to educate first. Right? So, educate, plan, invest. We give this stuff away because, I don't know, we're crazy like that. I feel like Mr. Rogers. Why? So, because we like you. Yeah. All right. And because for most of you, if you're not going to do it anyway, then we may as well tell you how to do it. And then if you're not going to do it yourself, then call us, right? At? 541-375-0898. All right. There's I'm like the, a dancing monkey. The, I got this. You are all over this one today. <laughs> so what's, I told you the Federal Reserve's about to start With buying a up. Well, that's the term for it. But they're, so central banks everywhere are buying fixed income. Usually they buy treasuries. Right. Okay. And that's a way to produce to lower interest rates. And that's the equivalent of lower interest rates puts more money in the economy. Right. Banks okay. can loan yeah, more money sense, out. Right? Everything is yeah, so, so lower more. rates that way. Okay. And uh, the, the European Central Bank, the ECB, has gone out on they have a seven hundred and fifty billion dollar quantitative easing program. Whoa. That's QE. Right. Quantitative easing. That's code for buying bonds. Right. Or in like in Germany, they're boons because that's a funny way to say it. <laughs> Bund. <laughs> Bund. It's just Bund. have to buy the Bund. But uh, <laughs> we've got. Come on. So they're going to buy treasuries, <laughs> but now they're talking about doing way more than that. They're talking about buying mortgage backed securities and possibly even corporate debt. What? Yep. Now, before everybody freaks out and says it's the end of the world as we know it because they're going to buy corporate debt, I will tell you if they start buying corporate stock, it might be the end of the world as we know it. That's actually a big warning sign to me. But buying corporate debt, not necessarily. Okay, What they're saying is we'll buy the debt, we'll keep the interest rates low, we will provide loans and liquidity to make sure that you nothing goes wrong. And so I'm on record right now. Okay, This is me. It's just taking a shot in the dark prediction but here's my prediction eh, there might be a flashlight unlike 2008 i think if if it is a, a multi-state bank i don't think we will have a single multi-state bank fail during this crisis interesting why because i think the federal reserve will write blank checks to everybody to keep them afloat Interesting. And I think part of it is because they don't want to be seen as being asleep at the switch and having another 2008-style event happen. True, because it wasn't that long ago, and people kind of still are, you know, well. And after from it. all of the policy that's been implemented to try to armor these banks, all of the stress testing and all of that that's gone on, I don't think they can afford the loss of confidence in the banking system. So I think they're going to show up one way or the other, and they're going to make these things float. Interesting. Okay. And I also think that we will see really exotic things come out in the coming weeks as far as support and stimulus. One of them that uh, we may see things like loan deferral, right? Okay, mortgage holiday. The same with IRS holiday on when you your new taxes are due, right? I can see that happening. Like, hey, we're so, going to give everybody three months off and then we'll just tack it on to the end of your mortgage. Right. And and then the mortgage players are all like, wait a minute. We and need then, the money. And then they, the Federal Reserve and the system says, we'll make you whole. Yeah. Like, right. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll just provide we'll to, a backstop. We're going to loan you it until they can pay it and then you'll pay us back eventually. Yeah. So there's a lot going on here to, to unpack, but I think that we have not yet begun to see just how exotic this will be. But I also think that while I'm not a worst case scenario person by nature, and I don't, I don't really see, 
I mean, I'm not a medical pro. I don't get it. So there's some people that are really concerned about the virus just taking over the whole system. And then uh, not only all the people in the system dying, but other people not being able to access the system and dying of uh, unrelated but equally bad things. That seems pretty dire to me, and it seems like there's some opportunity for things like distance medicine and load balancing and other things that we have some policy issues that prevent us from doing, but maybe that's going to be forced to be addressed. But I'm not... Well, there's I guess, more and more telemedicine, too. Like you're, I, I mean, right. I've been in doctor's offices where that's happened, so I, I feel like there's probably going to be a, a loosening regulation around some of the stuff that we kind of wonder I, about. I'm just but. not going to play like I know. But that's the point. I think that the market, like this big move today, what concerns me is that a lot of folks are betting on an all clear signal like, oh, we must have found some kind of drug and everything's going to be fine and this is going to blow over and the economic damage is going to very quickly be uh, taken care of. And I go, I don't think it will be. I think that we're having a lot of jobs lost and that the momentum in this economy is going to take a while to claw back. And so I don't think we this don't is a matter this is of like, shake out yet. yeah, it's not like look in three or four weeks, it'll all be okay. I no, think we're, we're measuring this. Yarn. I think it's more like months. And so I'm not convinced that the markets are stable yet. We, have we seen the bottom? Maybe, but also maybe not, right? I mean, there's a lot. It's hard for me to price. I don't know how many businesses have failed yet. We're going to. Like, that, that won't make it back. Uh, I, I don't... I don't know how quickly the government can ex- and and right now small business administration is saying hey you can get uh, emergency loans from us that's still 3.75% interest just because you borrow money if the company isn't making revenue borrowed money just delays your demise because if you don't have the revenue coming in and you lose the momentum the business can still die only now it has a loan yeah so this is and not yet solved it's not paying back yet. right it's not yet solved and that gives me great cause for pause so i'm not i'm not trying to get to the end of the show here and be a debbie downer that is not that but i'm just very very realistic with what's going on here so let me leave you with just a couple of thoughts stimulus is coming there are still radical unknowns and as investors, this is a dangerous time to be making emotion-driven decisions. There's already been a lot of damage. If you've ridden it through this far and you have a time horizon of beyond five years until you need to access the money, uh, don't consider this advice. Consider this just something to really look into is do you think that the market will still be upside down five years from now? If you do, then you get to take action. If you don't, then I would consider patience, right? Is your investment strategy in need of a change? Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe you just need to take a breath and don't open your statements for a little while. Yeah, that's good advice. Don't and look, open your statements for a little and, while. And the last one, <laughs> find somebody, okay? If, if, if you're not equipped to do this yourself, get help from somebody. It, it doesn't have to be us. Find someone that you like and trust. If you don't have that someone, we would be delighted, right? So check out the webpage, littlejohnfs.com. You can always call us 541-375-0898. Our numbers, our websites, LinkedIn, all of them, they're good. You can reach out however you want. Yep. All right. So stay safe, stay sane, everybody. Until next time, this has been David Littlejohn and Katie Shook. You've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.